Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Back in the saddle. I don't know what we're going to do with it. We might just look at it and touch it. <laughs> yeah. But we're here. Who's to say? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Our decorative saddle. Hi. First of Hello. all. Hello. We're here. Welcome to another episode of Ace the Twilight. We are here. We're back. We're tired. <laughs> yes. <but> we're here. <laughs> um, and I, I cannot believe that this is happening, but it is, that we have a guest who's, who makes me so happy in so many different ways. Jordan, I'm so excited you are here. I'm trying to stay calm, but I'm very excited. I've listened to your podcast for quite a while now, and it brings me great joy to be able to finally have you in a space where we can just talk about Twilight. You know, so glad to be great. here. I've been talking about a qu- Twilight a lot recently because we recorded episodes on Fifty Shades of Grey and my sucky teen romance recently on Bad Romance, so. Ugh, love it. The vampire vibes are here, for sure. They are haunting and they are here and I'm so happy. <laughs> Jordan, if anyone had the audacity to not know who you were, could you tell them who you are and a little bit about the Bad Romance Podcast? Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Jordane Searles. Um, I'm a film critic and a comedian and a screenwriter. And um, I have a podcast. And it's about bad romantic films. Like, mostly bad romantic comedies, but also some bad romantic dramas, too. We did The Mountain Between Us, and <laughs> the whole episode was just <laughs> like, it takes so long for them to fuck. <laughs> So yeah, that's a bunch of stuff that I do. I probably do other stuff. I don't know. I'm always working and it's always movie related or comedy related. So that's who I am. Fabulous. Also the owner of an awesome new rug, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Oh yes, it's a great rug. (laughs) Got it at 50% off. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) We love deals. (laughs) We do. One of the things that we like to do here, not only, we did this before, but this year especially, I feel like it, it's been quite relevant, is to check in about how we are, as well as something that has brought us joy, since we are going to get into stuff that is not necessarily so joyful. And so, Jordan, if you would love to start first on how you are doing and something that's made you happy recently. Uh, well, I got a cavity filled, you know, that's very important. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, dental hygiene. <laughs> I found one can of pineapple soda at the pharmacy, and I drank that shit. That was delicious. <laughs> and I just recently got this, like, uh, Himalayan salt lamp that also, like, has a light in it and changes colors, and I've been staring at that all day, so doing great. Dude, that I saw that crazy. video that you posted on Twitter of that, and I, like, I wanted to have it just, like, on loop. Like, a fucking Yule Log shit where it's just, like, on my TV <laughs> in the background. I was like, these are the vibes. This is exactly what I it was so relaxing. <laughs> I have always wanted to get a Himalayan salt lamp 
for my home, but I made the mistake once of putting one in my classroom and did have a student lick one. And I feel like that kind of messed me up personally. (laughs) But I do love the ones that change color. They make me so happy. Yeah. That's the one reason I can't have a Himalayan salt lamp, because I will lick it. I can't not lick it. I will absolutely lick it. I can't even give myself that temptation. It's too much. The fucked up thing about it, too, is my student did not know that it was a salt lamp. They just (laughs) thought it was a lamp, and they still licked it. (laughs) Seventh graders are the strongest. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, seventh graders are are so strong. Seventh. Yeah, I teach middle schoolers, unfortunately. They are my pride and joy and also terrify me endlessly. <laughs> there was this thing at NYU called America Reads, and so they would have you, like, teach as, like, a work-study job. So I taught, like, sixth graders creative writing, which was a very... It was an experience. Um... <laughs> <laughs> they think they are the best writers. Oh, so yes, they I do. Can, I can imagine... That your experience was um, full of detail. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Cody, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I don't want to hop on Jordan's thing right now, but I also did get a new rug this week, and that was my happy thing. (laughs) So I'm feeling... What does it look like? The rug vibes are strong here. I love it. Like a green kind of like shag rug. I saw it on TikTok. And Mm. because I am the way I am, I see something on TikTok and I'm like, I need this. (laughs) I will buy it. Um, And also I was like, I need a a rug for my room. And I was like, this is great. It was on sale and it just looks like a little grass kind of moment. It's very cute. And Uh I will just be taking photos on it probably till I die. That's (laughs) adorable. I think that's really what rugs are for. They are not for your feet. They are not to put things on top of. They are just to lay on. I want cute layouts for my Instagram, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's too much to ask for. I think that you are no. on the right spot there. Yeah, the price of that joy is $30. So you know what? I will take that. That's a worthy wow. investment, I think. That is fantastic. I'm so glad that we have more rug space in here. I do not have a new rug to share. Um, <laughs> I will say that in relation, I did have some juice today. And <laughs> juice, Your main form of sustenance. <laughs> Juice, unfortunately, is one of the, like, eight wonders in the world to me since I do not run on caffeine. And I did feel like running around the block. Did I do it? Absolutely not. But I did feel like just Sonic zooming around after juice today. I'm so So. happy for you. You deserve this. I love a juice. What kind of juice was it? Yeah, get some juice deeds. What's going on here? (laughs) I had... Okay, I'm so glad that you asked. I'm so glad (laughs) someone asked me. Orange pineapple juice is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Now, here's what I'll say. I love it. Do I also have acid reflux? Yes. Does it (laughs) fuck me up? Absolutely. But it is (laughs) worth it. It's so good. No, orange pineapple juice, like, that's the shit. And, like, that shit hits. When I want to get, like, a little drunk, I put tequila in there. Also delicious. Fabulous. I love it so much. This is a pro juice space. (laughs) Yeah. There are a lot of things that we are very pro in this space. Juice is one of them. The other yeah. one, obviously, is is Kristen Stewart, but we will give her her moment in just, just a second. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, I would love to be able to hear, Jordan, your Twilight backstory. 
I know we talked about a little bit before we started recording about some of the other people's opinions on vampires, but more so for you about like when you first started to engage in Twilight and how, if at all, that's changed up till now. Well, I was a sophomore in high school and in my English class, there was just like, you know, reading time. There was just a time where you're just supposed to take out a book and read for a bit. And one day I didn't have a book and so my teacher sent me to the library to get one and I read a lot of books growing up like so I was looking through all the authors that I liked and I'd read everything and then I just saw this book that was just like plain black with just a red ribbon like sliding down it and I was just like that's long you know I won't have to come back and get another book <laughs> and I thought well the the cover is simple enough so maybe it won't be too busy and I just sat down and I just started reading Eclipse and I didn't know that it was part of a series Oh, oh no. <laughs> Later, people told me, and it was after I had finished it, they told me. So then I went back and I read Twilight and I read New Moon, and then I like grazed over Eclipse again, and then I read Breaking Dawn, which sent me into a rage that I still have not. <laughs> <laughs> I still have not recovered from Breaking Dawn. So yeah, my first book was Eclipse. I remember, like, I always read major series out of order. Like, my first, like, Harry Potter book was, like, I think I started with either The Prisoner of Azkaban or The Chamber of Secrets, and I remember going to class, and all those white people are so insane about those books. So, like, I was reading them, and then they asked me if I would read the ones before, and I was like, no, and then my entire class turned on me because I read the Harry Potter books out of order. Sacrilege. It was just so intense. But nobody really turned on me for um, reading Twilight out of order. They just didn't understand how I could just randomly pick it up and not know what it is. (laughs) Now, I do know that you are in a similar camp as we are, that Eclipse is the worst of all of them, which makes me sad. No, I I I don't think that Eclipse is the worst. Of the book or the movie? Uh, I mean, which one are you talking about? I actually really like the book. I was referencing more of the movie, but... Oh, I barely remember the movie, so you're probably right. (laughs) That's good. That's fair. It's just not the best of them. Yeah, not a great motion picture. (laughs) Well, I mean, Catherine Hardwick had a vision, and then they were like, let's bring in someone else. It just makes me sad every time. We will never get over the injustices that they did to Catherine Hardwick. It's so disrespectful. She has so much style, and like the people who came after her didn't. No, absolutely not. It's so frustrating. Were you able to read all of those books within that sophomore year of high school? I think so. I mean, I read pretty fast, so I think I did. Mm. And it was just so... It was weird because I started with Eclipse. I kind of had like higher expectations. And then I went back to the first (laughs) book and I was just like, wait, how did this become popular? Like, if it... (laughs) I was very shocked because I felt like Eclipse was like actually a rich text and I still do believe that. New Moon is too. But Mm. the first book, Twilight, I don't. I basically just read through it so that I could figure out if New Moon was any good. It was weird. I think that that's fair. Yeah. And I think that Eclipse does something that 
unfortunately Twilight does not and as we'll see in Midnight Sun also does not where we just don't get a lot from the side characters which is personally what I find the most interesting yeah yeah totally I mean there's so much like reading Midnight Sun like and I didn't reread Twilight before I started reading Midnight Sun it was just so interesting to me how much we learned about specifically Rosalie we learned mm-hmm. so much about her totally she should have been like on the poster with how much we <laughs> learn about her (laughs) seriously i completely agree this is a rosalie fan club we are team rosalie on this space and it is unfortunate how much especially in midnight sun but in the other texts as well edward's like yeah she has no thoughts she's just a bitch and it's like no sir please stop it's so weird because like so much of breaking dawn is about rosalie Mm -hmm. yes yeah So, I don't know, but Midnight Sun is also interesting because every once in a while he has to, like, admit that he's too hard on her (laughs) just so that we don't hate him. It's like, I know I just shit-talked her for five straight pages, but I guess she's my sister, so... (laughs) (laughs) I also was shocked to find out that she had, like, wanted to be with him at some time. Like, I don't know how much of a short time that was. I feel like she just, like, got to know him and immediately was like, ew. Or it was just, like, a situation where he rejected her, so she decided, oh, well, I hate you then. I don't know what it was, but that's so weird, because I didn't get that at all. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I I personally stick into the troop of Rosalie saw Edward in this new life and she's like, immediately no. Immediately no. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> idea, Especially because in the chapters that we're reading for today, she mentions like, you're not my type, actually. So I don't know what Carlisle was doing. <laughs> I hope for the better of Rosalie that she did not fall into the trap of flaking him and then was like, oh, God, no, God, no. Yeah, because he's kind of just like a weird old man in this book. That's kind of my read of him. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like emo teen, but also curmudgeon old man in one weird vampire body. (laughs) Like his commentary, especially about like he hates teenagers so much for being teenagers. Like he... Mike for like, oh, he's thinking about having sex with Bella, his lewd evil. It's like, he's a teenager. <laughs> Mike Newton confirmed would put his dick in anything. But the fact yeah. that Edward, <laughs> Edward overhears Mike Newton thinking about sex, he's like, you know what? This generation, they're just awful and I can't believe it. I just want to go back to my time period. It's like, shut the fuck up, Edward. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> The fact that Edward Cullen has gone decades without watching porn online, and it's like, you have the audacity? You have the audacity to complain? Stop. I do not believe that Edward Cullen has seen a movie made after 1962. <laughs> Almost certainly oh, absolutely. not. <laughs> agree. He has like no concept of culture at all. Like there's so many parts in the book where he's just like, I don't understand anything that Bella's doing. I'm dangerous, but she wants to be around me. And I'm just like, have you ever? Right. <laughs> like Gossip Girl was on during this time. <laughs> the idea that he is also an We'll look at this when we get to the chapters. But he was, like, completely fascinated by her eating Cheerios. I'm like, sir, sir, (laughs) what are you talking about? You've never seen Cheerios before in your life? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) 
<laughs> be better, please. Just so strange. No curiosity for anything in his waking experience that he's living through. Nothing until Bella shows up and then suddenly he's paying attention to all this other shit. And I'm just like, yeah. dude. It's so embarrassing. You had more catch-up time than anyone. <laughs> he chooses to do nothing with it. After reading those in sophomore year of high school, did you watch the movies afterwards or when did that happen for you? Yes, I did. I watched all the movies. I think I was also like at some of um, the midnight showings. I think I do remember standing in line for Twilight. But to be fair, I'm from Georgia and we stand in line for literally everything. Like we're just happy to be outside. <laughs> I still will not forgive. I remember when you were talking about the part in Fifty Shades when they go to Georgia and just being completely baffled by that whole moment. It makes no sense to me. I completely agree about like, why the fuck was that in Georgia? It makes no sense. <laughs> so haunting. Especially when it kind of seemed like what they would rather have done is New Orleans, which like, yeah, yeah. Totally. just do that then. We're in Savannah it's, and I'm just sitting there just like, I've been to Savannah. No, you're not. That's not where you are. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing for them. Were you planning on reading Midnight Sun when the news broke about it? Yes, like I immediately wanted to do it because like this year has been really stressful, right? So mm -hmm. I just yes. wanted to do something with absolutely no stakes at all. And Midnight Sun is that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess I should have asked, did you read the partial draft four? That came out, I don't know, what was that, like a decade ago? Yes, I did. Hell okay, yeah. so how did those compare for you now that you're reading Midnight Sun properly? I mean, like, it's basically, this, I mean, the pages that I read, it was still, like, at the beginning, so it was mostly just, like, him talking shit about Jessica, which he does <laughs> in this book. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole, like, first fourth of it is him talking shit about Jessica, and then he just kind of, like, shifts to talking shit about Rosalie, and, well, first Mike Newton, then Rosalie. Like, he just, like, keeps on switching who he hates for, like, a chunk of pages. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He has just so much angst, and he just, like, can't put it anywhere else. Like, stop it. Stop it, Edward. Be better. <laughs> so frustrating. I am excited to talk about the chapters that we have here. We get like some new content in there, which is nice. Before we get into that though, Cody, could you do me the honor of taking us to Kristen Corner, please? Oh, it would be an honor. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome so back to K-Stew Corner. We're here. We got a beautiful cover story in in style where were you when this dropped because i saw this on twitter actually i think i first saw this because her girlfriend posted about it on instagram and i was like i gotta see what's going on that is where i was too fantastic i love them though we're just plugged into dylan's like fucking socials <laughs> but it's fabulous it's an interview with her between her and clea duvall which like fuck you can't like just all of my favorite people in one room just shooting the shit i love it so much there's the photos literally i will be passing away <laughs> it's just unfair it is unfair to just drop this amount of photos there's just a moment of silence i appreciate it very much <laughs> being able to see this interview between clea duval and kristen stewart just reminded me that we are actually going to be getting the happiest season oh. i've existed in this world for so long thinking that they were just gonna edge us along and that they were gonna keep saying it was going to come out and then never happen. Yeah. This makes me feel a little bit more confident that it might actually drop this year. 
Ugh, I'm so excited. I also love from this interview that Kristen reveals that this was like her third time ever using Zoom. That fucked me up. That her life just is not at all dependent on video conferencing in the pandemic. Like, I think she could just be like, fuck it, I'm chilling. I don't know how this works, but I'll do this. That part shook me to my core. They did like an accompanying video with this where she is answering fan mail, which are tweets that people responded to an in-style tweet about, but they have instead had a PA write on mail from the USPS and put it Mm -hmm. in a fake box like they have shipped it to her so that she could open them that way, you know, for the aesthetic. And it is haunting that she's like, oh yeah, no, like I don't use Zoom. I've just been like really chilling since I turned 30 and I envy that type of calm that is existing in her world that is not like zoom happy hours and things (laughs) that we are having to deal with now what a joy what a gift (sighs) i have baseball news (laughs) i don't often bring sports into this space this is not a very like sports heavy show i don't know why it would need to be but my local paper the seattle times last week reported on the baseball scene from twilight and did a full in-depth analysis on that you might be asking why that's a great question i mean it's it's an incredible piece of cinema listen it is the people are curious The people need to know. (laughs) The 15-year anniversary came out last week, so it makes sense why they put this out. And they reference the, quote, Twilight Renaissance a lot, which really, all right, we got it. Um, But they talk to an expert, like a sports writer expert, to kind of break down the parts of this scene and it is amazing it is incredibly thorough there are lots of references to other baseball players which i think does less for the credibility of the actors themselves and more so just like the choreographer in the moment for doing a great job but what matters the most to me is at the end of this article they do in fact quote muse I also love at the beginning of this, they're like, this is an unabashed baseball abomination. (laughs) Which is such a powerful sentence. It's a lot. There's so much energy there. (laughs) It means so much to me. I love that scene a lot. In the chapters that we read this week, we are like so close to this baseball scene. It makes me happy every time that I get to think about it. Yeah, no, I was so happy when I got to the end of chapter 20 and realized that baseball was coming. (laughs) Baseball! It's the most important thing. (laughs) I used to be a cheerleader for my high school baseball team. What? Wait. Hold on. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Baseball teams have cheerleaders? (laughs) Um, I don't know. In the South, they do sometimes, I guess. (laughs) Huh. We made them goodie bags. No, come on, because I played softball my entire career because I am bisexual, and we never got cheerleaders. Come on, what? I would have made you a goodie bag. Really? (laughs) That's... Honestly, that makes me incredibly happy. I th- also the idea of there being coordinated cheers for baseball <laughs> is fantastic. You do you happen to remember any of them? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I've repressed all of it. <laughs> Cody, would you do me the honor of reading a listener email question that we got? Absolutely. So this is from 
Ashley. I recently came upon your podcast through TikTok, shout out, uh, and it recently inspired me to read reread the series again because it makes me realize that I only know the movie plot and that hurt. When I was reading the first two chapters, something dawned on me. Edward might be compelling Bella. Also, might be a stretch. So hear me out. Like in legacies and originals and like some other vampire media out there, I've probably consumed there's a huge importance to the fact that vampires can compel humans to do literally whatever. Now taking that knowledge, I feel like he could have used those powers a smidge. It's Bella. She probably doesn't need that much persuading. (laughs) To get her to tell the truth about her life story in the middle of biology class. Even she's like, why am I telling you this? I don't even know you. Like IDK, if he knows that that's a thing he can do, I haven't read Midnight Sun. But like it would explain a lot. Like she's a human chihuahua up to the middle of eclipse, so he probably used it to start talking to her and start the relationship in the cringiest way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a second. Yes. So this is interesting. I had never thought about this before. Mm -hmm. That it was just another one of his like, I'm Edward, I have all the powers in the world. The Volturi want me for always. Yeah, I'm that bitch. (laughs) What do you, do you think that this could work? Is this a real thing? Listen, I'm not, I don't think I'm as versed in vampire lore and mythology lore, but it does make sense to an extent where it's, and maybe it's like a subconscious thing too. It could be like not something he's actively doing, or he's trying so hard to like try to read her mind that he's like inadvertently like compelling her to reveal information or something. I don't know. I feel like Bella is like, I don't know. I guess in this reading, I kind of felt like Bella was a bit of a snob. And I wonder if she just like looked at him and was just like, he also looks like he's better than everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) They really are made for each other. (laughs) She's just like her whole thing in this, this midnight sun, which is just, it drives me insane that it's so different. She's just like, reading these like books and she like loves like who is it like Thomas Hardy or whatever I don't don't remember any of that shit like nobody was talking about any of that all of the references that she says are her absolute favorite from a couple of chapters ago make no sense they are not tied to her character at all it just feels like stephanie meyer was filling in one of those mad libs and they kept it in yeah especially her taste in movies which i don't remember which the movies they were but i just remember being like i can't imagine her watching any of those things they are truly unhinged (laughs) they are a haunting amount of movies that make no sense it was the pride and prejudice the six hour one obviously vertigo (laughs) Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Star Wars was one of them. Star Wars was one of them as well. Can't forget Gattaca. (laughs) How dare I? Excuse me. That I forgot Gattaca. I just feel like she put that in because the Gattaca guy directed the host, which is not something that you should want people to remember that the host exists. (laughs) Or anything. I... Prior to, I think, about two weeks ago, I had I did not know that Gattaca existed. I only knew about the relation to the host. And watching that, now having read and also watched the host, it makes so much sense. It is just a lateral move as far as <laughs> movies go. It is, ugh. Yeah. None of those fit her character. It is haunting. Um, and I will never stop bringing it up because it makes me sad. <laughs> we have two very packed chapters of some of Twilight's like most memorable parts here and so I'm excited to be able to talk to these talk to you about these um how have you felt up to Midnight Sun so far what has been your general thoughts on this Jordan uh these particular chapters or getting to these chapters 
Uh, getting, getting to these, these chapters. chapters. Getting to these chapters, man, I thought that it would happen much earlier. I didn't realize Same. how much of the book... I mean, I guess when I read it from Bella's perspective, I, it felt like more was happening because so much of this book is just, like, Edward listening to people's thoughts and reacting <laughs> to them internally and then not interacting with anyone at all. And so it yep. felt... Like, forever. It's just, like, going through his entire psyche. Like, there was a point where I put down the book, and I was just like, okay, I think that I understand Edward's entire thing. And then I psychoanalyzed Edward Cullen, and then it was it was weird. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, it's good because I get a better sense of who he is in this book than I did of Bella in that first book. I feel like I barely get to know Bella until the third book, really, because she's just kind it's of... True. Uh, she's just kind of like opaque but in this version of it not only is like edward edward's like all the minds are chatty bella's also much chattier in this book and that was interesting because i was like do do i just forget that she said these things or did she actually never say them (laughs) (laughs) i doubt i agree completely i think that in twilight it definitely felt like she was more of a wallflower than she is and in in midnight sun it definitely comes across of like oh no she talks but she just only talks to one person um and i think that that has helped even though the stuff that she is saying is awful and like i it's it is wild that it is coming out of her mouth i i agree it gives a little bit more personality to her that i feel like even in her version of the narration we did not get which is wild yeah I remember there's this one line that she gives that's just wild to me, and it's just like, she's talking to someone, and she wants them to keep a secret, and she's just like, you know, and if you tell, if you tell anyone, or if you tell her, or something like that, I will gleefully beat you to death. Yeah. And (laughs) I I couldn't imagine Kristen Stewart delivering that line. I couldn't imagine really anyone delivering that line except, I guess, like, some, like, masterpiece theater kind of actor that can, like, get away with saying that. But it's, like, it's not her. Like, who talks like that? No, I feel like if Kristen Stewart said that, she would she would just beat them. I don't know that it would necessarily be gleeful so much as it would just be dutiful at that time. Awful. That's what they would have Awful deserved. Things. These two chapters are incredibly interesting. Again, we still get some stuff that is obviously the same from Twilight, but being able to see it from Edward's perspective is definitely interesting. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, like, midnight walk with Rosalie. Since this is obviously something that we did not get in Twilight because Bella was just, like, KO'd (laughs) and just, like, sleeping during this time. Well, for me, it was one of the most emotionally strange thing because at first I'm just like okay and it's a brother and sister talking about the brother's new girlfriend but then I really thought about it and these are two centuries old beings basically having a conversation about like what if I feel like the subtext is what if Bella wants to have a family and like change like I felt like the whole thing was like what if Bella wants to have kids and Rosalie can't have kids and so this whole conversation is like what if she doesn't get to have kids and they're neither one of them is saying it but that's what the conversation is about 
Mm-hmm. Right. No, I completely agree. I think that a lot of that conversation is Edward, like, begging. He's just like, let me have my five years. Just, like, let me play human for a little bit of time. And Rosie's like, no, dude, I know you. You're not going to say no to this girl. (laughs) Yeah, you're weak as shit. (laughs) (laughs) You are embarrassing, and you're not going to be able to give her what she wants and also what I wanted. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, what she wanted. (laughs) so bad. I always fr- get frustrated having to see Rosalie through Edward's eyes because I think this was one of those times where it took him a while to feel compassionate toward her and mm-hmm. it's like, sir, you've lived with this woman for decades. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and I understand the whole like sibling thing of like, yeah, fuck this girl. But also like The reason why you were having this conversation is because her opinion means a lot to you and you know that it's based in trauma for her Mm -hmm. and it's going to take you this long and just like begrudgingly understand her point. No. (laughs) To even hear her out, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, and obviously he doesn't because this whole fucking conversation comes up again in Midnight Sun and it's way less chill then. Yeah, I agree. I think that it it definitely shows that Edward was, like, not listening during this Mm. time, that he was, like, either just thinking about getting back to Bella's room and sitting in the corner to watch spiders, or he was (laughs) incredibly entranced by the fact that they were next to water, and he was like, ooh, pretty. (laughs) They do. They have this same conversation in Breaking Dawn. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Listen. Listen to your family. Listen to when they are speaking to you and not just, like, pretending that you are. Mm -hmm. (sighs) He never pays attention when people are talking it's so he's <laughs> so like not, he's such a For bad that listener is constantly listening like is is programmed to just always be listening to fucking everyone and what they're thinking he just absorbs none of it ever <laughs> nothing no. he doesn't understand people at all and you would think that if you had spent your entire life which mm-hmm. it's a long ass fucking life not understanding what people like the fact that he doesn't understand like sexual feelings at all is weird and the fact that he didn't think that him like being with a human woman and, like, bringing her into the night, for lack of a better term, would would make Rosalie feel weird and, like, uncomfortable. I don't know. He also seems to be annoyed that Jasper is uncomfortable, too, which I'm just like... <laughs> yes, I agree. I think especially to that, that point about his sexuality is, like, it never ceases to amaze me that one of the first times that he has gotten actively horny in this book is when Bella's in the blue top and beige skirt. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to risk it all. I'm going <laughs> to risk it all for this woman. <laughs> something uh, something is lit in a fire in me. <laughs> I have to go on. I don't understand I don't- this blue top. <laughs> I don't know either. I think, honestly, it's probably one of those, like, Stephanie Meyer racist things. Because I think he always references that when she's wearing it, that it shows off her, like, pale skin. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Stop. Stop for, like, two seconds, please. That or he's just never seen the color blue. And I can't tell which one is which. (laughs) I just don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to imagine the girl that he's talking about. And I just keep on thinking. I keep on visualizing Emily Browning. It's just way easier. Mm, that makes sense. I just, because I don't know what he's talking about. Like, the way that he describes her is so interesting to me. Because I'm just like, who is that? <laughs> Sometimes the way that he describes her does not feel like 
I don't know, not like Bella, definitely not like Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes sense. If I remember right, I think that Emily Browning was in talks to play Bella, or I think maybe folks just campaigned for her. But some of the time it does make a lot of sense that it's like, oh yeah, she fits better. <laughs> I am curious about both of you and your opinions on when they went to the Colin house, like the whole no moats <laughs> bit here. <laughs> The, oh God, the Collins are just so excited. Esme especially, first of all, love, mm. love seeing Esme just in her prime, being like, this is it. I've made everything look nice. I'm going <laughs> to welcome her in. She's going to feel warm and held and it's going to be lovely. Just brings a lot of joy for me personally. It's just so sweet. Just them just being like, what's up, man? <laughs> You're here. Especially when Esme is shy. A yeah. vampire being shy? <laughs> she just it. wants to impress Stop. her so bad. <laughs> and I love the way, and I don't say this often, those things I love in this book, but I do, anytime that there is descriptions of Esme, I do relish in them. Um, especially when Edward's like, yeah, she's just a total homebody. She just yeah. doesn't want to talk to anyone. She just wants to stay yeah. here and make yeah. his house look pretty for no one in particular other than herself which is great but this is her moment to shine all that work it's worth it i love that for her yeah seriously she deserves it and like edward's uh like oh the second that bella like sees carlisle she feels like less nervous and less stressed out which is like the beauty of carlisle baby like that's Mm. just the most comforting presence in the world (laughs) i love him I love all of them. I love that Alice waits for her cue and then just literally busts ass down the stairs. <laughs> okay, Alice. Just to scare her. My God. <laughs> National treasure, Alice Cohen. She. Okay. You know, it's. I've never really had strong opinions about Alice until I read Midnight Sun. Like at first, I was just like, okay, she's just like a nice girl. She's. You know, she wants everybody to get along, and she's, like, you know, the kind of stereotypical, like, she's little, but, like, everybody does what she says kind of, like, Mm. thing. Um, But in Midnight Sun, the way that Edward talks about her, she seems to be, like, the only person, aside from Bella, that that he respects. And it's so weird. (laughs) Because he'll just, like, go on and on and on about how Alice is the best fucking person in the world. She's incredible. She's astonishing. (laughs) And I'm just like, because the only other person you talk about like this is somebody that you, like, feel romantic feelings for, I just constantly found myself in pages. Does he want to fuck Alice? (laughs) That's a fair question. Yeah, that's that's fair. It honestly feels like sometimes that he describes her as if Alice is the only person that can, like, keep up with him mm-hmm. and is, like, as smart as him. And it's like, ugh. Uh, There's stop. definitely that energy because it's just like, oh, we both have powers and we're both, like, better than everyone. And, like, because, like, Jasper is weak and Rosalie is vain <laughs> and Emmett is just... Emmett and (laughs) (laughs) Emmett's vibing just in the corner. (laughs) He just has no he has I love how he has like nothing to say about Emmett ever. Emmett's just like (laughs) he's hot, he's here. Yeah, he's wrestling a bear somewhere. Don't worry about it. Oh my god. Okay, so when I found out that he had been mauled by a bear, which I don't know how I forgot about that, I just kept Do you guys watch Riverdale? Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) 
Okay, so, like, do you remember how not only Archie gets mauled by a bear, and I remember this because there's the whole episode where he's, like, bleeding out in a cabin, <laughs> and nobody knows where he is, and the episode's <laughs> called No Exit, and it's fucking... If you watch <sighs> any episode of Riverdale, that one is incredible. But yeah. not just him getting mauled by a bear, but then later on, like, I think in the same season, he gets mauled by a giant person in a bear costume. <laughs> What a perfect show. <laughs> just what, what an astounding piece of work. So now when I think of Emmett, I just see Archie's face. <laughs> <laughs> Emmett is a true himbo. I appreciate him for yes, not really existing in this book, except when he needs to annoy the shit out of Edward in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. I think that that's a valid place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I there are so many things in this house that are interesting, especially as they get into chapter 20 and like we get more about Carlisle's backstory, but I would be remiss without mentioning the part where Bella gets really pissed off that she doesn't know Edward plays piano. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh yeah, of course he does that too. Fuck this guy. He can do um, anything." And then, <laughs> and then he plays for her and she cries. Uh so <laughs> And then he has a weird sensual moment where he licks well, the tear <laughs> He does also swallow her tear and hope that it never leaves his body, which is the scariest thing he's ever done. <laughs> that, listen, he said some serial killer ass shit in this book. Absolutely. Totally. This was scary shit. <laughs> like, this, this was on a whole other level of, like, you know... They did, like, vampire research back in the day, and it turns out the shit, like, you ingest or whatever is just with you, and it's hard to get out, and that's just part of your bones now, and that's just who you are. And now I just hope this tear never fucking leaves me. And I'm like, sir, what I would give to unknow that. What I would give to just delete that part of my memory <laughs> so swiftly. I would love that. Because you know in Edward's gut... <laughs> Of all of these liquids that can't leave him, unfortunately, is now one of Bella's tears. Also, two sips of Four Loco that Emmett <laughs> did convince him to try. <laughs> that he can now not get rid of. And also, I don't know, probably like a fucking whiskey or something when he was sure. pretending to be like a, a vigil ante, as he always <laughs> calls himself. Yeah. Just a really haunting mix in that yeah. man. That's like that's a strong cocktail for sure. That's a wild, uh, <laughs> that's a wild drink. Um, I want to ask a very important question. What do we think Please. about Edward's music taste? <sighs> I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> Are you referring to specifically the Lincoln Park CD that he loves as his angry music? Yes. <laughs> This is my violent soundtrack. <laughs> Edward listening to Lincoln Park is so funny. Not just because it's like he mostly listens to classical music and then Lincoln Park. And there's also the comment that he said that like music peaked in like the 50s. Yeah. Yep. Truly a wild man. Like what? <laughs> How is Lincoln Park the one thing out of all of that that just stood out? You're like, no, this is music. This is this is the sound I'm looking for. <laughs> He was like, 50s, great. 60s and 70s, eat my ass. Yeah. 80s, I'm Let's interested. talk about it. <laughs> and then dipped off in the 90s for who knows what reason, popped back up for the music taste in the 2000s. What is happening to this man? How is he not consuming all music at all times? I just don't get it. 
He's just sitting at his piano and just, like, crying. But he doesn't have any musical references because his only musical references are Debussy and <laughs> Linkin Park, sir. <laughs> I hate it. It makes me so mad. The only things that this man keeps in his brain are Linkin Park lyrics and also every waking detail about Carlisle. Yes! <laughs> he cannot remember anything about Bella, but he will remember every single detail of Carlisle's history. Absolutely. Which, it just furthers this theory that they were, you know, you know, hey. They were Companions. Together. Wink. They were companions. <laughs> Wink. The fact that Carlisle in chapter 20 is like, you know what, I have to go hang out with this fake doctor named Dr. Snow, but you can tell all of my stories because you know them as well as I do. <laughs> and then he winks. Sir? Listen, what are you talking about? What's going on here? Don't be shy. <laughs> Don't be shy, Steph. Come on. <laughs> Just say more. it. Say it, <laughs> Stephanie. Say that they're companions and you mean it this way. <laughs> Listen, so relationships change. It's okay. They're in clearly different spaces now. They've moved on. It's fine. But we can be honest here. <laughs> we can be honest. I mean, their relationship did give me very, like, Lestat and Louis vibes. Absolutely, yes. absolutely, a hundred percent. That's what happened. Oh no, Jordan, you said the words that set Cody off. <laughs> oh no! Uh, ever since we did that fucking episode, like I've just had that shit locked in my brain. I'm like, no more. I let it all out, but you you brought it out, and here we are. We're here. But that's exactly what it was. That's those were the vibes for sure. Where they were just chilling out, you know, doing their thing, being companions. Wink. And, wink. You know, some shit happens. It's okay. We can, it's fine. It's fine. We can talk about it. It's fine. The fact that Edward is able to look at all of these different illustrations and portraits and be like, you know what? I'm so glad that you asked. Bella hasn't said a word. And he's able to tell every single detail of Carlyle's history from <laughs> when he was rebelling to when he swam to France. Oh <laughs> my it. God. When he starts talking, when he like talks about all of the suicides, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's rough stuff. <laughs> you know, like, it's okay because it's Carlisle. It's like, and the fact that he keeps the only bit of praise during this chapter that he gives to Bella is like, oh yeah, she seems unfazed. It's like, sir, she's probably disassociating. You've yeah. said a lot of things here that are probably just really hard to handle. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's like he It is. It's like he recited the entirety of the vampire Lestat to her and then he was just like, "So what did you think?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how do you like that? Was that cool? <laughs> Any thoughts? I do appreciate the audacity of like when he does ask her and he's like, "So, what do you th- what do you think? What do you think of my companion? My fa- I mean my father. <clears throat> I mean my father." And she's like, "Yeah, you're not you're still not scary to me, actually." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Actually, I think it's cool that you can swim to France. I think that's, that's pretty sick." <laughs> I I love that there was like a whole sidebar. She was like, "He swam to France and then they had to like hash that out." <laughs> It's like, Bella, people, normal people do that all the time. You can physically do that if you are, like, a strong swimmer. (laughs) So frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the only times that she pauses is, like, when he swam to France, which valid, valid place to stop and get clarified. Yeah. Um, And also, (laughs) when Edward's like, oh, yeah, we don't have to breathe. But, like, no worries. Oh my god, and the fact that he's just like, wait, why is that what you're interested in? What do you mean? 
this whole time you are freaking out because you're like, there's going to be something that sets her off. There's going to be something that like, she's going to know I'm a monster. And the fact that you don't breathe air is like just a normal thing. It's like, oh, that's just like a, a fun little quirk. Like, no, that's indicative of the things that you would be scared of her knowing. Absolutely. You know that she's like flashing back to every moment in her head of when he moved his shoulders and moved his chest. And she's like, that was all fake. He's a fucking liar. liar. <laughs> I hate this man. He's pretending to breathe. <laughs> it's just, that's so much effort. Maybe that's why he doesn't actually pay attention to other people. He's not willing to admit that pretending to breathe takes more effort than he wants yeah, to say. He's too busy just trying to breathe. The only thing in his brain is just a like 60 second timer that continues to go. And he's like, okay, now Edward, you got to breathe. Got to move your shoulders a little bit. Yeah. That sounds exhausting. Anyways, the chapter ends with a little bit of a baseball talk, which makes me very excited for the next chapters. Um, and it did make me sad, though, at the end when Bella's like, cool, all right, I'll, um, I'll watch you play baseball. Do I need an umbrella? And then they all cackle at her <laughs> for asking a question about the Pacific Northwest weather. Like, it's a normal yeah. question. Yeah. It rains there frequently. <laughs> it's so, they're so weird to her. <laughs> I know. It makes me so sad. It's like one of the only times where I'm like, just please don't laugh at her. She's asking a very valid question as a, hor- as a human who breathes and whose skin is not made out of marble. Stop. I, okay, so I wonder if this book, it probably won't, because why would it open up that um, Pandora's box without getting into more stuff? But do you just become a white person when you get turned into a vampire? Like, I know it's not, like, the traditional version of whiteness, but, like, is it just, does it just make you white? (laughs) I'm so glad that you brought this up, because according to Stephanie Meyer, yes, um, yes. <laughs> in the, I can say that without having any research to back it up because I unfortunately know how Stephanie Meyer's brain works at this point. But in the illustrated guide that she came out with about Twilight, that was something that was explicitly written in there is that when you become a vampire, your skin becomes pale. I just don't understand how that's even physically possible. I mean, we're talking about vampires, so I know that they're not physically possible, but I don't understand how the venom, the venom changes the color of your skin. Like, if you're going from white to whiter, like, it's not a huge thing because, like, you're, like, the inside, like, of course you're going to look like more white if there's no like blood pumping in there and you don't have organs of course you'll look paler but the fact that you just like lose all pigment like that's I don't think that that's how it would work actually (laughs) I agree and I think that several people hopefully hopefully brought that up to Stephanie and she's like "Mm -mm, no no my unit sorry (laughs) Sorry, I make the rules it's (laughs) too late I already claimed it so uh, (laughs) Uh, I get to double down on this racism. <laughs> uh, but I agree. I, I, it makes no fucking sense um, on how the venom can uh, just take all the fucking melanin out of your skin. It makes no sense to me. Uh, but sure. Sure, Stephanie. Lean into the bit. I'm so excited for next week. We have we finally get into the baseball scene. We get to meet James. We get to meet Victoria. Ugh. 
So I'm very excited because uh, this is when finally, as we are like 70% through this book, we get to the big conflict. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, but sure. Oh yeah, because um, they do mention, oh, visitors are coming. I kept on thinking about yeah. it because it's like, it's not even big foreshadowing because everybody seems to not really care. <laughs> no, no, they just don't realize that it's like best tracker of all, James, mm. because sure. But yeah, I'm excited to get this from Edward's perspective. I hope it is just the word baseball written about a thousand times. Baseball, baseball, baseball. (laughs) I hope that in the presence of a baseball, Edward's brain regresses into one of a dog and he can only focus on the ball and nothing else. Will that happen? No, but it's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. (laughs) I am so glad to be able to thank our patrons today for allowing us to be able to talk for an hour about Twilight. We have some amazing people to thank here um, who are also getting a Halloween card coming soon. Um, I, not to give you a spoiler on this, but I did share the photo uh, with Cody last week. It's terrifying. It's the most haunted shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, So get ready. And I will also, (laughs) Allie's also sending one to me, so I can't wait for that to just curse my space. I can't wait for it to truly bring you a curse. Um, Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. The first fantastic patron I have to thank is Kylie Minty. So thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth James. The next patron that we have is Jess Love. Oh, thank you. thank you, Alex Dornan. And Carrie Goldberg. Boing, boing, boing. Pew, pew, pew. Shout out Mickey Meyer. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll actually have music behind this, but it's okay. No, I like today's not the day. <laughs> <laughs> we do our own Foley work here. Keeps us humble. We do the views. <laughs> Shout out to Zoe Steele. Boing, boing, boing. Shout out Rebecca Cullen. And Amy Taylor, thank you. Shout out Mulch Gray. (laughs) I wish that at this time, every time that I saw Mulch's name did not make me laugh, but it does. It's such a Um, good name. I appreciate that. I love it. Thank you to our unofficial intern, Taylor Brown Town Lautner. Hell yeah. Shout out Kelly Beck. That's my mom. mom. (laughs) Our mom. (laughs) Thank you to Aaron Salinger. Shout out Sophia Salinger. Thank you to Donna Cavanaugh. Ow! And shout out to Danae Swan. Pew, pew, pew. And very last but not least, Jessica Hale. Thank you so much. Boing, boing, boing. Pew, pew, pew. I am incredibly excited, Jordan, to read the fan fiction that you brought into the space today because holy shit. <laughs> okay, wow. Let's see. This is this is called Pinky Swear. Ooh. Once upon a time, my friend Sheer Envy pinged me and said she thought someone should write a twific that was sort of like the movie My Best Friend's Wedding with the same basic premise, but not really like it in the fact that she thinks the ending was very horribly wrong. I have to agree. What the fuck, Michael? I said that would be awesome, and the subject was dropped. She did some wink, wink, nudge, nudge later. I didn't get the hint. Finally, she broke out the big guns and flat out triple dog dared me to write it for her. And well, I'm pretty sure there's a law or a commandment about that. Thou shalt not turn down a triple dog dare. So here I am (laughs) writing a twific with the same basic idea as my best friend's wedding. But at the same time, it's not really the same story. Let's see what we got. Okay. 
I couldn't see. I didn't mean that in a metaphoric, blind-to-reality sort of way, although I'm sure some would probably argue I was a bit delusional. I meant it literally. I couldn't fucking see. I was positive I was awake, or at least pretty damn sure, anyway. It was pitch black and my eyes were burning, like something had thrown acid in them. It was eating away at my flesh. Gross. I blinked rapidly, trying to clear my vision, but it only made it worse. It was the pouring gasoline on fire, exploding pain straight through to the back of my skull, my head. Fuck, it hurt. The pounding was steady, almost rhythmic. Thump, thump. Thump, thump. I wanted to rip it off, detach it from my neck just to make it stop. I groaned, but just doing that hurt too. My mouth was dry and my throat was scratchy, making it hard to swallow. It felt raw, like I'd been screaming for hours. Shit. Had I? I couldn't seem to remember. I shifted position, the pain ripping from my head to my toes. It felt like it ran deep, way down to my bones. Every inch of it was sore. My first thought was that I'd been hit by a truck, or maybe beaten with a baseball bat. Muscles I didn't even know I had ached. I felt dead. Fuck, was I dead? No, even death couldn't feel this bad. I was laying on something that felt suspiciously like a bed, but it was definitely not mine. It was hard and lumpy, with springs jutting into my back. I rolled over onto my side and tried, and it took some effort, but I managed to pull myself up to sit, and that's when the stench hit me. God, it was awful. It smelled like pure ass. I grimaced and looked around the darkness for the source, but after a moment, it dawned on me. It was me. Damn. Wow. Snaps. Snaps. That was beautiful. That was incredible work. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. That was quite a tale. (laughs) Before we close out for today, where can folks find and support your work online uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at j-o-u-r-d-a-y-e-n uh you know i have a patreon patreon.com slash jordan searles at least i'm pretty sure that's what it is you can support bad romance pod you know go to the our patreon patreon.com slash bad romance pod i'm around i'm here i created an <laughs> <laughs> Just chilling out you know? here. <laughs> you can you can at me, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'm a nice person. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love it. I think being able to support another patron of the the media criticisms and of a podcast sounds amazing. I think that I'll, I think the Venn diagram of <laughs> interests here is just a circle, honestly. <laughs> Jordan, it has been an absolute blast having you here on the show thank totally. you so much for your time today oh so glad to be here you know all right well then as we say here in the pacific northwest get bit and get weeped oh into the twilight is an earbud media production our theme music is by eli kraus and our artwork is by maddie padilla Follow the show on Twitter at Into the Twilight and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. Send us an email or a fanfiction at into the twilight show at gmail.com. 
You can find Allie at Into Wild Places and me at Cody Curl. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.